0: Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Here's your homeschool companion host, author, educator, and children's ministry specialist, Dr. Rose Gamblin.
1: Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Today's devotion is about the box turtle. Put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Proverbs 23, 2. That's pretty strong. It's saying that, you know, it's better to cut your throat than it is to overeat. Hmm. Well, a box turtle can live longer than a human being. One reliable record says that a turtle lived to be 138 years old. Another box turtle was given to the king of Tongatabu in 1777. How old it was at the time is not known, but it didn't die until 1966, which made it at least 189 years old how could it live so long? No one knows that either. A box turtle which hatches underground has no parent to teach or protect it. Yet it knows exactly what to do. It's about the size of a quarter when it hatches. It digs its way to the surface and hides for a few days, living on the egg yolk attached to the underside of its shell. When the yolk is gone, it searches for food, which it has no problem finding because the box turtle eats just about any plant or animal material. It takes five or six years for the turtle's shell to harden sufficiently so that the animal doesn't have to hide most of the time. Then, with a reliable suit of armor, the box turtle wanders freely wherever it wants to go. When danger threatens, it withdraws into its fortress and waits for the danger to go away. When it is tightly sealed inside its shell, you can't even slip a piece of paper or a knife blade between the closed doors. However, if the box turtle happens upon a patch of strawberries, one of its favorite foods, it may get into trouble. It is likely to gorge itself on them until it can no longer fit into its shell. Until all that digests, It is vulnerable to attack from predators that love turtle steak for lunch. To some people, gluttony is not a serious matter, but not so with God. In Old Testament times, one might be stoned to death for persistent gluttony and drunkenness. There are other indulgences that leave us vulnerable to Satan's attack. And if we are wise, we will be aware of them also. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we certainly want to honor our bodies as the temple of God. And we know you are our shield and buckler and our armor. And be with us today. Help everything that we do, say, eat or drink be to the honor and glory of God. All this I pray in my holy name, amen. Ta da! Arts and Crafts. Well, on my Pinterest site, and the call letters for that are MR Gambling, too, and you can go to Windows on God's World board. I've put the cutest little box turtle that you make with paper plates, and the head can go out and inside of the paper plate. I've also put a way to make a habitat. You know, often we just run across a box turtle and we might not know how to keep it, but this is how to make an outdoor habitat for your box turtle and then a feeding guide. So you should have a lot of fun studying about a box turtle if you should happen across one. Have fun learning. Curriculum Corner. All week we're talking about emerging trends or, yeah, emerging trends in homeschooling. Yesterday we talked about the fact that you can connect with the community. Microsoft Foundation, Mozilla Foundation, and there's many others too that aren't, they just don't go to schools homeschoolers are welcomed as well, and it gives them a great opportunity to learn STEM ideas and competency so that they're ready for the real world. And this other trend is the increased experiential learning opportunities. I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? That if we have our children home, and maybe we are running a little business from home, We can give them a hands-on project that's connected to real life, or there might be something in the performing arts where they could do an internship or culinary arts or technology or business. And students who participate in these types of educational initiatives, they're gaining real-world experience, and they're getting exposure to influential people that could mentor them and help them throughout their whole professional lives. So increased experiential learning opportunities opportunities is another tr- emerging trend in the homeschooling community. Questions parents ask, how do you teach leadership and in taking initiative? And this question is often asked of homeschooling families because they're afraid their children don't have leadership opportunities. But I'm here to tell you that if it's a family of any number of children, there's already many built-in opportunities for leadership and taking initiative. I think that's almost a caught. In other words, it's a caught attribute. Even leadership is a caught attribute. They see how you are taking leadership responsibilities and leading in your family, and they also see how you are taking initiative. So as you talk about the moments of opportunity, for example, a child comes into the kitchen, maybe your laundry's close by there, and you're folding clothes, and you know you still have the dishes to rinse and get ready for the dishwasher or to wash them. Help that young little child pull up a chair and start rinsing dishes. And when they do take the initiative and start doing anything, use the word initiative. Wow, Johnny, thank you for taking the initiative and doing this without even being asked. And pretty soon the child is looking for ways to take initiative. It can backfire. I'm here to tell you I've been... I've had breakfast given to me in bed that consisted of peanut, open-faced peanut butter sandwiches with big gumballs on top. It was beautiful. And I thanked my children so much for that initiative of bringing me breakfast in bed. At the same time, I had a hard time when they stood there expectantly waiting for me to eat it. And they were only like four or five years old at the time. So I couldn't break their heart. I chewed and chewed, and they were so satisfied. I know that at that moment, I was teaching them about taking initiative, being kind, doing something for somebody else. This question is from Hope. She says, I find myself a bit overwhelmed with all the things I want to teach my child and mommies of firstborn children. You remember that feeling? where you know you had protected that child so much that very few impurities had even gone inside their bodies and the things they watched or the things they did you were so careful and hopes worried she wants to teach some academics and manners and how to emotionally regulate themselves she wants to teach them to be kind and generous and to learn an instrument and to be able to take care of themselves by cooking and cleaning so many things. So how do you prioritize? And she agrees that faith in God is the first and foremost. Her son, though, is still young, and sometimes we just get too enthusiastic. I know I was with my son. I just wanted to be the perfect mother, and I want him to be the perfect son. And despite my overzealousness, he's turned out to be a wonderful man. But I shudder when I think of the expectations I had on him when he was so little. So you have to really guard against that and continue to pray that God will guide you. You know, God gives us many chances and many opportunities. So don't be too strict. He's very kind and loving with us. So be kind and loving and if you do those things, then the other things will be naturally begin to fall in place. You'll know when they need to be taught. If you're generous with your child, your child will be generous back to you. If you love to read, they will love to read. If you love to be a student and be so surprised about things and be curious about things, they'll love to be curious about things, too. They'll be the first one to say... Mommy, look, look. You know, maybe you've seen that cow a hundred times. It's the first time they noticed it. It's really, when they call those the Wonder Years, it is a fantastic time because you get to see the world all over again from the eyes of your young child. Well, we're coming to the end of this half of the class, of the, you can tell I'm a teacher, this half of the show, and we're going to finish our interview with Doug Hershey about Jerusalem rising. And again, I cannot stress the fact that when we can put maps and pictures in front of our children, it helps bring the story of Jesus into our lives. It makes it a reality. So don't hesitate to go on his website, Doug Hershey, and look up Jerusalem rising. Beautiful pictures there. Well, I hope you'll stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to com. Welcome, welcome.
1: I'm here with Doug Hershey. And we had... uh, a while ago, done the interview on the ancient, I mean, on uh, Israel Rising. Mm -hmm. And at that point, your website really had a lot of resources that homeschooling families could use. And I'd like to mention that. I should have mentioned it yesterday, so I'll maybe insert it. What would be a good website for them to go to? At
0: DougHershey.co. In fact, it's funny you mention that. I know that there's some homeschool families uh, that have utilized an online course that's on that on the website at DougHershey.co. It's called Ten Prophecies Fulfilled in... In your lifetime, and for you know, for uh, about a two-hour time block, I go through ten different prophecies in the Old Testament uh, that have come to pass in the you know during our lifetime, and I'm in Israel on location. You know, so we reread the scriptures and then we you know are on site and show you what's been happening. And so that's been something that's been really useful. That's uh, it's part of the the online course is part of that ancient prophecy modern lens series, as with. Israel rising and now Jerusalem. So, rising. if
1: they go to DougHershey.co, they can see that there. They can access that absolutely that there. Mm-hmm. What else is on your website that may be of interest?
0: Uh, both Israel rising and Jerusalem rising, um, and um, you know, so that's you know, my my other books as well. So, um, and it's a great place to, to set up uh, you know contact as well.
1: I uh, I encourage people to do that because it helps it you know, it helps it come alive. Do you have maps or anything that also might?
0: Uh, with Actually, with Israel Rising, the first book, we're in the process of doing a, a second edition that puts a lot of the maps in. Uh, when we had done that one uh, for the 70th anniversary, um, we were kind of rushing to hit some deadlines, and there were some things that we didn't get to put in. But now with the 75th anniversary of Israel coming up in another 14, 15 months from right now, uh, we're kind of revamping and doing a second edition that includes a lot of the maps and shows you exactly where a lot of the photos from all over Israel, again, the same then yes. and now photos yes. that uh, that point back to these prophecies.
1: I know that there's nothing that takes the place of actually going there, but both of your books are the closest thing to having a virtual tour of Israel, of the, the country Israel, and now of the city Jerusalem. Do you do anything with... Um, Archaeology, or looking at any artifacts or anything like that,
0: not within the books. But when I when I take groups there, of course, we're we're spending time and talking to different archaeologists and and talking to uh, different people in the land involved in some different excavations and things. But uh, again, I mean, just if if the nation of Israel has shown us anything in the last seventy three years, is really through archaeology, is yes. just the accuracy of the Bible and, yes. and finding. You know, people's names in the ground at the location, doing what you know the Bible says that they were doing at that particular time. You know, especially in and around Jerusalem, it's just really stunning.
1: Now, how did your family? become, are you Mas- Messianic? Masi- Messianic? No. Messianic?
0: no I, I grew up in a Christian home, but it wasn't until about, actually it wasn't until I was really got into a lot of this research that I was discovering my family had Jewish roots that were, actually were hidden a couple hundred years ago. Wow. Uh, which, um, which actually to me made a lot of sense to me of why I feel so passionately about the land and of course my work yes. and my research now of what I'm doing, it uh, kind of brought it full circle of why I feel that the way that be I do. an
1: interesting story to you know, to have a subject that you're passionate about and then find out that your roots... Yeah, literally
0: is in my yeah, DNA. Yeah, it's know, in your so. DNA.
1: Wow, that's very cool. So as um, as a tour guide, what are some of... How, give us like a virtual tour. Uh,
0: well, uh, in terms of... Of yeah, different let's locations.
1: Say yeah, say say you're taking us to Jerusalem. What would be our first stop?
0: Oh man, in in and around Jerusalem, I, I, when I take my groups there, it's you know, I, we could spend an entire week in Jerusalem and not you know get uh, not get bored with all the things that there are to to connect with. Um, you know, in in Jerusalem there are remnants of King David's palace. Uh, Their rem- remnants of uh, of the wall that was built during the time of Hezekiah, of course, the the Temple Mount, the area where the first and second Temple was built. I mean, these are profound, profound locations, and and even. Going back even further, uh, Genesis 22-2 is the first time the word love is used in the Bible, and it was saying to Abraham to take your only son whom you love. It's even in the context of your only son. Take your only son whom you love and sacrifice on this mountain, on, in the mountains of Moriah, that the Temple Mount area where the First and Second Temple were built. Uh, is over Mount Moriah. It's all right there. Wow. So it's always been there 's Biblical history has always revolved around this place where God has said, I've chosen this place to be my home, and this is where I'm going to dwell, and this is where I'm going to speak with you, and this is where I'm going to gather my children, and this is where all nations are going to come to worship. And and so, again, it's it, Jerusalem is so significant just simply because God has said so. Yes, and for a lot of people on on tours that have been there for the first time, it's not unusual um, at first glance of the city of just kind of taking in the landscape to you know to feel it mm-hmm. or you know or to or to or to cry or you know to kind of yeah. really become emotional over yeah. it because it just really connects with so much that. Um, going back to Abraham, King David, Solomon, you know, through the prophets, and of course, being the place that uh, Jesus was uh, was crucified and buried and returning to. Yeah. I mean, there's just it's sort of like all of world history kind yes. of revolves around that city.
1: When I think of, um, you know, there's big chunks of time in the Bible that there's really not a whole lot of story about. Mm. But the fact that it keeps coming back, like I didn't realize that Abraham, I always thought of him at some other place like yeah. Mount Sinai or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to realize that he was a type of Christ or his son was mm-hmm. and he had to go out on faith and you know say I'm going yeah. I'm going to do this and God's going to provide.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and again just locationally one of the things I you know I always tell people and we kind of point to it in in Jerusalem Rising as well is that is the 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 geography and the landscape really make a difference? And um, there's a particular spot in Jerusalem that uh, a, a lookout point where I can take people to and walk them through visually, walk them through the like the, the the Passion Week. He was arrested here. They took him over there. They put him in prison over there. He went to King Herod up there. He's probably crucified over here in this area somewhere. You know, and and it's all within a square mile of each other. Like it, everything is just so so close. So you know going back to abraham again it's just so significant that god tells abraham to go to the mountains of moriah it doesn't say specifically but just to think about again the first time the word love is used is in the context of sacrificing his only only son and then from the time of abraham to jesus what, about 2,000 years? And so 2,000 years, God is giving his only son, sacrificed really on almost on some of those same hillsides, and mm-hmm. certainly within the same region. So again, it's, God has such a profound plan for you know, locations and stories and cities and, and being a place to gather people to himself.
1: I'm, I believe that New Jerusalem will be about the size of the state of Montana, so it certainly will engulf. All of that that area. can hold a lot of people, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and praise the Lord for that, yeah, uh, before we close, I want to ask what Francis frith
0: yeah Francis Frith was one of the early photographers, so in okay. in Jerusalem rising. Uh, i I track some of the historical photographers that uh were some of the first really ever with this newfangled technology of photography yeah. uh, you know back in the uh in the eighteen forties and eighteen fifties and eighteen sixties and a lot of their documentation I, I have in the book a lot of these old photos and so then i was able to go to actually find the exact location of a lot of these photos from francis frith and some others to literally stand in the same places to recreate some of these same shots to show uh, show my readers exactly not only what has happened but how much the city has revived in such a short amount of time and and the transformation is stunning. I mean, it's just it's the 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 restoration and the revival of the city in 150, 160 years is just, you know, it's uh well, pictures are worth a thousand yes. words, right?
1: Yes. I interviewed someone on uh, genealogical studies and uh, this would be a pretty, you know, you must have done something like that to find out where your roots came from.
0: Yeah, I mean it it uh it, it it was actually a little easier than anticipated. I actually wasn't looking for it and somebody had given me some uh some family history that uh or a genealogy book that had some history at the front end that talked about um you know how where where in Europe the family came from to the United States and and that being a a Jewish community and yeah and so I a lot of those pieces really came together. So the further I looked into it it just really confirmed a lot of those things.
1: That that's and then, um, I mean, you uh, you look, you know, like anybody else. You don't look Middle Eastern. So, were you European Jew or?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, my my family originally were was from the uh, like Swiss Switzerland Austria area uh, that had Jewish communities there dating back to to Roman times, really. So, um,
1: you might have been one of the lost tribes of D- of Dan.
0: Could have been, could have been.
1: <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of our show, and we're talking with Doug Hershey about the book called Jerusalem Rising, and he's, he has some materials that are really great for anybody who wants to look at the books, and also for homeschooling families that want to do a unit on Israel. You can go to at co.
0: Exactly, right. DougHershey.co is where you is my my home site, and uh, yeah, all the information's there, and the uh, and the online courses there connected to the Ancient Prophecy Modern Lens Photo Book series, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great resource that uh, gives you some visual documentation of what God's been doing in in our day.
1: Yes, praise the Lord! Thank you so much, Doug, for being with us, and I just I just can hardly look to I look forward to what you're going to do next.
0: Thank you. Um, book three is in the process, and uh, the series continues to grow.
1: <laughs> I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless.
0: You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word. MRG Media com.